In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So today we have the pleasure of celebrating our parish's patronal feast, Blessed St. Mark. It's good fun. Lion banner, thoroughfare, and flag bearers, oh my, as always, but particularly on a patronal feast, important to remember that it is not we ourselves that we proclaim, not just about the parish, not we ourselves that we proclaim, but we proclaim Christ Jesus as Lord and ourselves in service of that gospel. That radical good news, that peace-bringing feet, beautiful salvation-announcing, regime-changing proclamation that the kingdom of God has come near. We're very blessed here in this place to be under the patronage of Mark the Evangelist, the earliest gospel writer, companion of Peter, all-around quick-witted, get-right-down-to-it town crier. The kingdom of God has come near. Mark's gospel opens not with an account of Jesus' ancestry, like Matthew, or the Christmas story resounding with the songs of angels, as in Luke, or the rapturous new creation philosopher's poem to the eternal word with which John begins. No, Mark announces the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And we're off to the races. John the baptizer appears in the wilderness immediately, we are plunged with Jesus into the waters of the Jordan. We hear the account of Jesus' baptism countless times through the liturgical year in just about every season, and we need to, because Jesus' baptism is also our baptism. Those words spoken over him as he comes up out of the water, as the heavens are torn apart and the Spirit descends, those words are also spoken over us. You are my son, the beloved. You are my daughter, the beloved. You are my child, the beloved. Unconditional love is washing over us in every moment. God has poured out God's own self to love us. With you, God is well pleased. In fact, not pleased because of anything you've done or achieved or produced or any way you've labored to prove yourself to be exceptionally righteous or moral. With you, God is well pleased, simply as the being you are before you've done a thing. As the Spirit moved over the waters at creation and God declared it all to be very good, the Spirit now moves over Jordan baptismal water and God declares each one of us to be beloved, a cause for delight, one with whom God is well pleased. For Mark, baptismal belovedness is the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the sign that the kingdom has come near. So can we here in this St. Mark's parish say the same? We, too, are called to start with baptismal belovedness as the beginning of the good news. We are called to let love without condition flow over us, initiate us into that already present kingdom where God is nearer than near. My call to baptismal belovedness is not theoretical, not merely affirmed in words. It's for each of us to live out flesh and bone. 
That's the purpose of gospel witness, the inspiration that set the authors of Holy Scripture down pen in hand. Like John the Baptist, they point away from themselves, direct us to encounter with Jesus. All the evangelists write in the hope that we will meet the God they witness to ourselves, that we will step into and through these writings like a doorway, journeying on that Emmaus road ourselves, walking with Jesus, asking him to stay with us, letting him feed us. The evangelists invite us to go beyond knowing facts about God, a tenuous cerebral project more likely than not to keep us stuck in our habits of reinscribing ourselves and our stories onto and over top of every person we meet. The evangelists invite us to go beyond knowing facts about God, to know God in relationship, to know God as love that liberates. Love, not a concept, but a person who in Jesus has descended to set his people free. This gospel is good news, the best news, regime-changing, world-altering good news, declaring that all the pharaohs and all the Caesars of our lives have no lasting claim over us. Descending to the depths, Christ has made captivity itself a captive. This is a change in jurisdiction, effected somewhere between that breaking through the water's surface and the tearing open of the sky above. The proclamation goes out, the lion's roar echoes, you are beloved. The question for each of us is how do we let that baptismal belovedness sink into our bones? How do we live that? Each of the saints, in their great diversity, call us to step into an embodied faith, a faith of our own that is lively, that is lived out. At diocesan convention last weekend in Price, Bishop Phyllis Spiegel made a call to all of us as Utah Episcopalians and moreover as followers of Jesus to engage the way of love practices presiding Bishop Michael Curry has been calling us to. Have you learned the litany yet? Those way of love practices are turn, learn, pray, worship, bless, go, rest. And these aren't new, right? It's a re-articulation for our context of the same good old Jesus way. The church, when it's being faithful, has always called us to. Called us to live embodied habits that root us in love. This is how we get baptismal belovedness into our bones. This is how we let baptismal belovedness wash over us. By turning to God in surrender and gratitude, starting again, day by day. Learning the trustworthiness of God, as revealed in the face of Jesus Christ by stepping into the stories of Holy Scripture. Setting aside a time of daily prayer, attending on the Lord of life, letting God give us what we need. Gathering to worship in community as one body knit together in love. Blessing others with our time, talent, and treasure not least of which is our attention. And going out, living as witnesses of the liberating love of God for others. Joining Mark and all the rest in that proclamation of baptismal belovedness. 
having tasted it for ourselves. And finally, of course, resting. Resting in the strong love of the God who made us. Resting in deep and abiding hope, not dependent on circumstance. Finding ourselves refreshed as we return to that Jordan stream over and over and over. So this is eminently practical stuff. These habits of discipleship root us in love. They acquaint us with the trustworthy God who is mercy itself. And when we engage them day in, day out, they will move us from merely hearing the gospel witness of others to becoming living witnesses of good news ourselves in our own flesh and bone. When Christians tell the story, God always does the heavy lifting. Baptismal belovedness will heal us and set us free. It's our part simply to receive it, to go down into the water, right? To consent to God's presence, invite Jesus in. Yes, we set out on the way of love. Yes, we keep walking one foot after the other, but it's a sure bet. Put yourself in the splash zone and you're going to get wet. Jordan River water slung all over the place. If you were here Easter Sunday, you remember our bishop's enthusiastic asperges with baptismal water, I think, hit every pew. (laughs) So that's your official heads up, a gospel proclamation. We are all in the splash zone. Good news, you are beloved. The kingdom of God has come near. It's come very, very, very near belovedness washing over you in this place. By grace, God is building us up into the body of Christ. So salvation is not a do-it-yourself situation. We're saved collectively, together with all our loved ones and all our enemies, saved not by any effort or merit of our own, but by the strong love of God poured out for us all. So may we truly hear and receive this good news. And may the Spirit drive us out from this place to share and become the same good news for our neighbors. Amen.